Welcome to the Seek First podcast with Steve and Jordan. This is a podcast about seeking first the kingdom of God where we work, live, and play. The content of each podcast will correspond to the current sermon series at Ontario Christian Church, current events that rise up, and also to the church calendar. Thanks for listening. And welcome back to the Seek First podcast with Steve and Jordan. We are doing episode 21 today, talking about the idea of authenticity and friendship and what does it mean to be real with one another? What does it look like to be real and why do we need to be real even? Um, also as well as why do we avoid being real? It's difficult and painful and how to handle someone else's realness, if you will. So this is a bit of a one-off of a podcast. We are not um, following our sermon series with this, but just something we felt like needed some attention. Um, and so we are going to direct our attention there. Steve, you want to go ahead and kick us off? Yeah, friendship is an area of life that we all have to deal with or maybe even get to deal with. And um, there's been conversations about who's influencing who, and I'm hearing that come up a lot in some conversations I'm having, uh, feeling that as influencers, uh, it's it's a difficult time uh, to be honest and real with one another because it seems as if we live in a polarized time. Um, and so people putting one another in boxes, and it's becoming harder to be friends. Um, so we want to kind of touch base with uh, what does it look like to have a biblical framework to be a friend, and what's God's example for us? And uh, just real quick, First Corinthians fifteen thirty three says, "Do not be deceived; bad company ruins good morals." And so, who we are, are around, who we give our heart and life to, our time and attention to, uh, does have an influence on us. Uh, matter of fact, Proverbs sixteen twenty eight through twenty nine says, "A dishonest man spreads strife, and a whisperer separates close friends." A man of violence entices his neighbor and leads him in a way that is not good. Um, so there is power in relationship. There is power in friendship. And uh, just kind of touching base on what does it really mean as followers of Jesus to uh, to be good friends and uh, to influence in such a way that brings people closer to walking with God um, than walking with the world, and yet also having purpose and meaning. And we just spent the last, what, three hours or so discussing church and life and uh, things along those lines, and that's some really good, encouraging conversation uh, that we'll probably unpack as the months carry on. Um, so that's kind of the first, I don't, and it's like negative, but I think that at this time, there's a lot of things happening within relationships and friendships that have been broken and just a lot of stuff happening. So we just thought it'd be a good idea to maybe cover this topic, and uh, I know that you have several scriptures and kind of an outline here, and I'm going to input some Proverbs here and there as well, but why don't you kick us back off then uh, with your first questions and then uh, a few of the scriptures, and let's unpack those. Absolutely. I think it's uh, important to note just at the beginning, too, that um, you you and I and all of us are created um, out of the overflow of God's relationship, like out of the overflow of the Trinity and wanting to um, love creation. And not that God needed us, but he, he wanted to create and he wanted to create in his image. And so uh, we're created out of the overflow of relationship and we're also created for relationship. Um, so just further commenting on what you said there. Um, <clears throat> but relationships and friendships and authenticity can be hard. It can be difficult. And so the first question we're going to answer is we talk about being real. We talk about being honest with one another. 
as you mentioned, and confessing our faults to one another, bearing one another's burdens. Like there is the the New Testament alone and Paul's writings alone are loaded with one another's statements. Um, and so how do we love one another? And, and what role does uh, being real with one another play in that? And so the first question is, why do we need to be real? Like why even... Why do we even need to be real? Why do I need to share my life with somebody? Why do I need to confess my faults to someone? Why do I need to do this or do that? Well, in John 8, 31 through 32, Jesus says, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And here Jesus, when he talks about truth, he's, he's talking about his word. He's talking about himself. I am the way, the truth, and the life, as he goes on to later say in the book of John. He's, also, he's talking about the gospel. But the idea in general that the truth is what sets free. Um, Steve, we were talking about this earlier, but when you, when you name something, uh, the ability to uh, name what's going on or confess what's going on, like there is a, there's a type of freedom that comes just in the ability to name it just an ability to uh, say that. And so we need to be real because we need to be free. We need to be freed from our brokenness and our sin. And so why do we need to be real with one another? Well, in James five sixteen, 16, uh, James says, confess your sins to one another that you may be healed. And there is a whole slew of different interpretations on what type of healing G- uh, James is talking about. Um, and it's not necessarily black and white, one or the other, uh, but he's definitely talking about some type of spiritual healing, as well as uh, when in different types of sins, there may be certain types of physical ailments that are uh, carried along with them. And when we confess those sins and repent and forsake them and turn to Jesus, those things also may be healed. So um, we need to be set free. And we need to be healed. That's that's one reason why we need to be real. And, and it's when James says, confess your sins to one another, um, as much as we may not like it, it is a command. Um, and it's something he's instructing his audience to do. So any comments on either of those or in response to that question, Steve? Uh, <clears throat> looking at John 8, um, just being mindful, like what you mentioned, is that um, Satan does his best work in isolation. And mm. so... Um, shame and uh, guilt. God uses guilt and conviction, mm. uh, but we got to be really aware of the fact that um, the evil one wants us to remain, keep things in darkness. That's his goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, the more things that we keep in darkness, hidden away from God, we think, uh, but ultimately also hiding away from others, um, those things end up controlling us. And so mm. they, they bind us up and they we're not set free. Uh, by allowing those things to have control over us. And so when we confess those things to another individual, and I'd be really uh, cautious to say, um, like confessing your sins one to another doesn't mean standing up in the middle of a gathering on a Sunday mm-hmm. morning just blurting out all your stuff necessarily. Right, <laughs> right. I think it, it, this has to do with the relationships mm-hmm. um, in that uh, you, you and I have honest conversations with each other that I wouldn't have with other people necessarily because of our relationship and friendship mm-hmm. and co-pastoring and co-working together. Um, and so it's within the confines oftentimes of those relationships, specifically that we've offended and we've sinned against or withholding something from, we have to confess that to them um, and seek forgiveness, but ultimately also to close brothers and sisters in Christ that we know have the desire to help us be conformed to the image of Christ and will take us before him. Those are the ones I'd confess these sins to, right? I wouldn't trumpet them 
um, necessarily. They would be more along the lines of built on the relationship I have with somebody who desires to see me set free with the truth mm. and to walk with me uh, out of that darkness. Now, that just comes to mind, um, just being aware of uh, the call, because I think some people read this, like James 5.16, and they think to themselves, I'm never going to confess this before uh, 100 or 200 people. Right. Well, Lord willing, you wouldn't have to. Right, um, right. But you should have people close enough to you um, that you th- know love you and you love them enough to walk with you out of that darkness. So I think uh, in the context, I think just to remind people that are fearful of this mm-hmm. um, being exposed, um, there are some you know, there's some uh, guardrails there, I think, that, that are good and, and helpful. That's just kind of what jumps out to me quick. Sure. And I mean, you've, you've talked about this at length before, but you weren't meant to be an island. You and I weren't meant to be <laughs> right. islands. Now, does that mean, like you said, we need to confess and name our faults to everyone? No, that's probably not wise. Mm-hmm. And like you said, hopefully you never have to. However, having a few people, like you said, with the ability to speak in your life, because if we don't, we are living on an island and Satan does his best work in isolation mm-hmm. and in darkness. And first John one, five through seven says, This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. John is pulling zero punches here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, if we let ourselves be seen by God and by a few trusted friends, as he is in the light, as God is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So we see confessing our faults to one another and walking with one another through our brokenness as an outworking of what it means to walk in the light. I mean, God has given us so much in giving us the body of Christ and the expression of the body's expression of Jesus isn't always perfect because Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. people, but, um, and we're part of that too, Mm -hmm. but God has given us people. So what we're saying is trusted people to walk with and to name your faults too, and all of that. So yeah, growing in maturity together, mm. and and that's that's a give and take relationship. Um, we challenge one another. Iron sharpens iron, which I hadn't saved for later, but mm-hmm. I mean that's where it comes down to. Um, and I think we talked about it in the past, so I don't really want to spend much time in that. But sure, I, verse seven is interesting to me. But if we mm-hmm. walk mm-hmm. in the light, and so it puts the the onus on our decision or choice to. Um, to choose that path of trusting somebody and walking with somebody uh, in this. And I think the other thing is that I think a lot of people are like, there's no one else struggling with this. There's nobody Mm. else that can understand where I'm coming from, which is a lie. Um, But that also keeps us in the darkness as well. We're afraid to walk in the light because we think we're the only one that's ever struggled with this. I'm having a lot of conversations with men um, and counseling and just in general. And and a question I've started asking is, uh, do you feel known? Do you feel like people know you and um, do you have a close relationship or close friendship? And um, I mean, unfortunately, a large percentage of those individuals will be honest and say, no, I, the reason mm-hmm. I'm seeing you is because I don't have that. Mm-hmm. And it breaks my heart to think that um, and I'm grateful mm-hmm. to be uh, be a source for that. But um, 
it breaks my heart that there are people out there that want to be known and are struggling to be known mm-hmm. uh, be out of fear, a fear of rejection, fear of just a lot of different things, which kind of brings us, I guess, I hope I didn't pre-segue too soon, but your next question there being, why do we avoid it? So yeah, we'll jump into it. Man, there's a lot of reasons why we made av- why we might avoid it. I mean, because <clears throat> I think we can't really disagree with it being a at base, a general good thing to do. Like, I don't think most Christians would say that's, you know, maybe I'm wrong, but I think all of us potentially listening to this podcast would be like, yes, Mm -hmm. that's, that's a good thing. I see that in the word, but we avoid it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think one, like you just said, we avoid it because, um, we've not experienced what it is to be fully known and fully loved Mm -hmm. by people. And that's your status with God. Like mm-hmm. you are fully known and fully loved by God, regardless of what you do. Um, however, we've not experienced that love from people, which primarily I think is, oh man, that's due to a lot of things. Um, probably some of the same issues, but um, it's a way, I guess on the not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but in the point of like receiving somebody's confession and we'll get here, but like we are to image Christ back to them and, and assure them that they are forgiven and they like walk with them in repentance. But we avoid it because we've not experienced the love. Uh, we avoid it maybe because we've been hurt. Uh, maybe we did confess our sins at some point to somebody and it was used against us mm-hmm. in a way that was demeaning or hurtful or um, undignifying of who we are. Um, it's also painful like I don't I don't enjoy talking to you. Haha. I do enjoy talking to you. <laughs> but like, I already got my head up, yeah, I know where no, you're going. I don't enjoy talking to you about things or other people in my life about things that have the potential to skew their view of me. Um but I I I trust you and I trust uh, the couple other people in my life who I do have those conversations with who also understand their own brokenness mm-hmm. and that they, they get it too, but it, it can be painful. Like it's, it's painful to acknowledge our deepest flaws, but the reality is uh, the thing that we've said this before, the thing you spend your time and energy trying to hide the wound you carry or the mistake that you have, that's so deeply embedded under all of your layers of defensiveness and guilt and shame, like that thing, that is where God wants to transform and redeem and set you free. Yet we spend so much of our time trying to keep that in the dark. And the reality is, like you said before this, that ends up eating us away over time and causing more pain than mm-hmm. it does just dragging it out in the open. Mm-hmm. And I think one more reason, and feel free to speak to any of these. This is just what I had down. Uh, one more reason we avoid it is because we like our sin. Mm-hmm. We don't want it exposed. We don't want it exposed. We want to keep going. Yeah. We, uh, one of my professors used to say, you all can stop sinning. You just don't want to. Mm -hmm. I'm like, man, there's so much, but that's so simple and like breaks my brain a little bit, but that's the reality. We don't want to stop sinning. Um, Confess your sins. We can agree with that, but maybe we don't agree what we're doing is sinful, even though it is. Um, But holding on to our sin is like, Adopting a baby lion in the wilderness, 
and they're really cute and cuddly in the beginning and you enjoy it. But one day that thing grows up to kill you mm-hmm. and it'll, that's a little intense, but it's exactly what happens. Yeah. And you see it all the time. Uh, yeah, we do. And, um, <clears throat> yeah. And I think the key there being, um, walking out of it, obviously, but having mm-hmm. somebody to walk with out of it. Right. I think that is, that's why the body of Christ, ex- one of the reasons the body of Christ exists is so that we can bear one another's burdens and hear, confess to one another and, and walk out of the darkness together um, so that the isolation's broken. Uh, but one of the things is, is that uh, one of the reasons that I've observed why people don't do this, like don't have authentic relationship to the point of being able to bear one another's burdens or, or sins or confess one another's sins to each other is because they've done it and it's just like it's awkward all of a sudden and quiet and mm-hmm. then they're like they're out there on this island literally in the midst of others and nobody's reacting according mm-hmm. to what was just confessed or brought up and I think we can become shocked or stunned I, I sit with a lot of people and they will say uh, you probably have never heard anything that bad before you know and it's like <laughs> I don't want to get into it with them, and I just say, trust me, There's I've heard plenty, and this right. isn't a shock, nor does it surprise you, me, nor God, but we have to choose a different different path forward mm-hmm. out of this, but let's go together with it. Um, but the reason I think some people don't want to share their brokenness is because they have sat in that awkward room where everybody's like doesn't know what to do with it, and I think that we as believers and followers of God have got to get to the place where we know how to respond mm-hmm. when people do this. Yeah, when we actually share our brokenness with each other, we've got to learn um, how to respond to that uh, that hurt or confess sin. So, mm-hmm. which may get into your next uh, question there. Yeah. So. so, how do we respond? How do we handle someone being, or how do we become the people that can handle That's someone good. being? I real? like that. Yep. Um, I think we talked before and we said it's like half being loving and relational Mm -hmm. and the other half is knowing the Bible and knowing the threads of the Bible, knowing the overarching narrative of the Bible and knowing primarily just how much God loves us and the length he went to to express that love and if we think about um, the suffering servant in Isaiah and it says with his wounds, we are healed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like we need, we, how deep are the wounds of Christ? They, they went all the way through his hands. They went all the way through his feet. You know, he was whipped and beaten and mocked and spit on and all these things. His, and his, he, he bears the the wounds today, Mm -hmm. the scars. That's how deeply we both needed to be healed and how deeply we are healed. And knowing those things for when someone brings brokenness to us is so important because you're like, you're the hands and feet of Jesus in that moment being like, you're still loved. You're forgiven. Like we can walk through this. There's there's ways to walk out of this. Like, like almost stirring up hope with our knowledge of the word of God and what we say and how we express love. So, mm-hmm. Um, how do we handle, how do we become the type of people that can handle realness or authenticity? Um, well, we need to know God. We need to know how to love and we need to know his word. Um, and Galatians 6, 1 says, brothers, if anyone is caught in transgression, in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. And I think that goes back to why we may avoid it. Like you said, there's 
have been an awkward silence or we confessed our sin to one another and they use it against us and they hurt us. Like we miss the fact that we are to restore in a spirit of gentleness, mm-hmm. not overtones of harsh correction and rebuke. Mm-hmm. Gentleness. How did Jesus restore people? Think about the woman caught in the act of adultery and drug right before him. He <laughs> is so gentle. You know, he says, go and leave your life of sin, go and sin no more. But, he uh, roasts the people who brought him to her. Her I'm glad to him. you brought that up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. Sometimes he wasn't overly gentle. Yeah, but it depended on the heart of the people. Right. He was able to read that. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. What do you think? Um, let's. Can we keep going? Yeah, totally. Does it keep continue to read a little bit more. Uh, bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the mm. law of Christ. Um, for if anyone thinks he's something when he's nothing, he deceives himself, but let each one test his own work, and then his reason and his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor, for each will have to bear his own load. So I'm it's a temporary carry, right? So it's um where we we all fall short, we all need one another uh to get out of that gap. Obviously we need Jesus, but we need one another to to get out of it sometimes. And so to bear one another's burdens is to call one another out. Um but it, I'd be real honest with you. Here's what's going through my mind, if I'm really <laughs> frank with you. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, well, if anyone is just an interesting term here as well, but most of us are pretty good at sinning, mm-hmm. and we don't get caught. <laughs> um, and so it's interesting that uh, he points this out. Uh, it's actually God's grace when you get caught. Mm. It's God's Indeed. mercy when yeah. you get caught. Um And I point that out a lot to certain individuals that get caught with certain things. Um, But he goes on to say, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. And so here's the, if, again, I'm just kind of just being blunt here. A lot of people will cop out of doing this because they'll say out loud or to themselves, oh, I'm not spiritual enough to do this. Mm. Therefore, I am not called to be there for this person in this way. And kind of like, okay, my hands are tied. I'm not prepared for this. Well, if you have a kid, you best be spiritual. Yeah. You best be ready to restore your child in a spirit of gentleness. Mm-hmm. And so we, if you, as a parent even, you have training in this, Lord willing. Like if you've walked in this. And so I guess I bring it up because I think excuses overwhelm why we don't engage is one of the reasons. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like one of the reasons we don't engage in people's brokenness is we will say, I just don't know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um and, it, and then it, then I'll be real honest with you. The concern being then, do you know what to do with yourself? Yeah, exactly. And that's, it scares me a little bit. Like a, there's alarm bells that go off to think, then does that mean that you don't know how to process your own sin or walk mm-hmm. in your own ways or come back to Jesus? In your, so we've got, I think the spiritual maturity aspect is, is that we've got to grow in our own understanding of the sin that we do and how it affects our hearts, our minds, uh, how it affects others around us. What is God's view of us? What's his desire for us? What is forgiveness? All these things. Mm-hmm. We have to come to spiritual maturity to own that in ourselves before we can help others. But don't let that be the cop out because your own life is on the line then as well. Mm-hmm. And so wake up to the fact that God has called you to interact with yourself between you and him as well. And to come to grips with some of these things. So then you can walk with others. Don't cop out, but rise up, I mm-hmm. guess would be my challenge. Like don't, don't let this be your get out of jail free card of, well, I'm not spiritual enough. Grow. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Grow. Yeah. This could be a great growing opportunity for everybody if we engage in this. So sorry, I went on a little no, that's good. tangent. That's there. good. So you can't give what you don't possess. You can't. 
And so yet at the same time, how much have we been given like the spiritual blessings in Christ that Paul talks about? We have been given abundant life. That's what we've been given. We've been given the Holy Spirit. We've been given his word uh, to sharpen us and form us um, into the image of Christ and into a people that can handle others brokenness <clears throat> so I agree I had the same thought that if you don't if we don't know what to do with other people's brokenness then how are we handling our own are you handling your own right are you dealing I mean there's <clears throat> definitely situations where you might think oh I I don't quite understand how to walk in this you know I don't I don't understand how to help these people um, walk in what they're going through but I think it brings us to Proverbs thirteen twenty. If I can interject real quick, yeah, great. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion mm-hmm. of fools will suffer harm. And so, if if I find myself not spiritually um, mature enough to engage in this, then I should surround myself with people who are at, mm-hmm. at a minimum, so then I can grow in that right. and become that, and not excuse myself from it. And so, um, being really conscientious of who we surround ourselves with. Uh, will to some degree dictate who we become. Um, and so are you, I guess the question then for me would be, am I investing in uh, not only growing in my understanding, but also growing in my relationships with others who do understand so that I can grow in that way as well? Right. So I think it comes back to, that's that's definitely the question, and it comes back to what we talk about all the time. What are you drawing from? Mm-hmm. Like kind of taking, legitimately taking inventory of your heart and, what are you drawing wisdom from? What are you drawing pleasure from? What are you drawing whatever it may be? And those who walk with the wise will become wise. And so, as, as you said, how do we surround ourselves? How do we, um, we talked about this earlier too, input equals output. Like mm-hmm. what, are, what are we taking in? Um, man, there's a lot to say there. Yeah, there is. <clears throat> so can I say a few more? Yes, please. Okay. So Proverbs 27, 9 and 10 says, Oil and perfume make the heart glad, and the sweetness of a friend comes from his earnest counsel. So you, I'm, you're the, we're close friends when we counsel one another, like mm-hmm. godly counsel, like giving good instruction from the Word of God. Uh, do not forsake your friend and your father's friend, and do not go to your brother's house in the day of your calamity. Better is a neighbor who is near than a brother who is far away. And so mm-hmm. we're supposed to be near to one another uh, in order to give this counsel. And we talked about this when we kind of reviewed these scriptures, but I can't counsel those who I'm not close to very well sometimes because mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, and the best counsel I can get sometimes means I have to call their preacher, their pastor, their elder, their friends, uh, and find out what are they observing. Um, mm-hmm. That's not the way to go ultimately. The way to go ultimately in the body of Christ is we're close enough to one another, experiencing one another's lives to see it, like mm-hmm. point blank. There's some things going on here, right? And so I can call you out in love and in gentleness mm-hmm. because of observations, and I would do so through questions to start with, not accusatory, but seeking right. clarity. And if I <clears throat> seek clarity, uh, the like, for example, hey brother, I think I'm observing this. Is this something that you're wrestling with? You know, and if not, that's cool. I just want to make sure. Um, and that can be accusatory, even how that one was late and said, but finding ways to have conversation that opens up observation with concern, not mm-hmm. judgment. I'm not here to judge you per se on it. Right. I'm here to uh, share my observations and to walk with you. If it's something that, uh, that you would, would confess is something you do struggle with as well. So mm-hmm. just some thoughts yeah. that I have, I guess, about that. We're, we're there to walk. 
with people. Key. Yeah. Like that's that is the key. I yep. mean, golly, Jesus spent two and a half, three years walking with Judas, knowing. You know, like Jesus walked with brokenness and his people walked with brokenness and we also need to and I if we if we <clears throat> don't learn this, I mean and it go it's consistent with our um framework for community groups up in and out Mm -hmm. up we want to as we come together get our gaze up and and be learning from god and his word in we want to be in each other's lives this is a component that does take a while to get to you know just building trust with one another Mm -hmm. and walking um and i'm not advocating that everyone lay air out their dirty laundry and sin every Mm -hmm. time you gather in community group but building that relationships with the people in your community group someone someone Mm -hmm. right and uh, just getting to that point, and that is that's that's friendship and mm-hmm. knowing one another, um, and that's one of the. I think it's safe to say it's one of, if not the greatest longing of the human heart, is to be fully known and fully loved, um, and experiencing that love from one another is a tangible expression of God's love for us. So when you are on the receiving end of someone's brokenness um you're called to image christ in that moment Mm -hmm. walk with and ask hard questions and hold accountable but ultimately for the sake of love yeah proverbs 17 17 a friend loves at all times Mm. and a brother is born for adversity so yeah and i think that that being the key is that uh, the motive of friendship being the best for that person, which is usually conforming to the image of Christ. Mm-hmm. That's the, usually is the wrong <clears throat> word, right? right? I mean, that, that being the goal. And so if the goal is for you to, is for you to love me and me to love you well as a friend, uh, with the goal of, of being, um, surrendered people to Jesus, like becoming mm-hmm. more like him, um, then I'm more apt to actually taking your pushback. Like if I believe that's your goal, right. True motive of heart, um, and we may disagree on some things even in the end, mm-hmm. but if I, if I know that that's a motive, then I think we could have growth. The other thing to just keep in mind is we will let one another down. Mm-hmm. And I know that's an unfair asterisk to put at the end of this in some <laughs> ways, but I think it, that's the important piece of also, and we talked about this, and then you did a great job accentuating it in our conversation that ultimately Jesus is the way, mm-hmm. the truth, and the life. And so that's where our focus and aim is to get to that point um, with confessing our faults, with having friendship, with relationships in this way, is that um, I will let you down, you're going to let me down, it happens. Um, but ultimately, we <clears throat> point back towards the one who has never let us down. So right. any other closing thoughts? Yeah, just with that, it's like putting it in pilgrimage language. We're on a journey together, like walking with one another and with Jesus and like towards becoming like him. And so we're not going to always walk well together. You know, we're going to let each other down. But I just thought the, the journeying together was helpful language it's good good verbiage mm-hmm. well we thank you for listening in we pray that uh this maybe have sparked some thoughts in you in regards to friendship and relationships and how we as brothers and sisters in christ can walk these things out and uh, we'd love to have some comments from you on it so feel free to email us at seek first no podcast seek first at gmail.com podcast seek first at gmail.com and uh we look forward to chatting with you uh, next week god bless Thanks for listening to the Seek First podcast with Steve and Jordan. We hope you enjoyed the conversation today. 
you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please feel free to reach out to us, as well as any topics you would like us to consider in the weeks to come. We encourage you to continue to seek first the kingdom of God where you work, live, and play. Blessings. Blessings.